Welcome to the world of fiction, where we're lying, but that's okay. One prepared host, two neurodivergent nerds, two authors dig deeper into the lies that expose truths. If you're a fan of fiction with a curious mind, tune in each week for discussions on speculative worlds, fandom, the industry, and creating. Let's talk more about LARPing. I'm your prepared host, J.S. Garrity. And I'm the host who's winging it, Ludlow Adams. For our new listeners out there, every week I choose and prepare a topic because I'm a researcher and planner. And I find out the topic about a half an hour beforehand because I'm kind of lost and have a hard time keeping things straight. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right. So it was um, a few episodes ago that we talked a little bit about LARPing. Um, would have been in back in April that episode came out. Um, but we we talked about role playing um, games and and uh, nerd culture in general. So we thought, you know, an episode just on LARPing and an episode just on D and D would let us go into to more with each of those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about this one. I did look at it literally a half an hour ago to anybody. Who, well, actually, more like 20 minutes ago because I'm <laughs> lost. Um, for anybody out there who's like, yeah, right, they don't really do that. No, re really, we, we do. We really do. <laughs> and I looked at it and was like, didn't we do this one? But no. Uh, so, yeah, JS has corrected me, and um, I'm going to mm -hmm. crawl back under my rock and <laughs> do the episodes done... and then run off crying. Yeah, we've done really similar things, yeah. um, but we haven't had a chance to really just focus on LARPing as its own yeah. topic in its own episode. So that's what we're after today. We'll go a little bit into history. Um, but before we do that, the last time we talked about LARPing, it was right before you had an event that you were about to do. And yeah. you've since been at that event so yes. why don't you share how that went yeah so uh weekend warrior experience does um some training grounds events in the spring um so wewa is what we we call it uh wewa happens the big event happens in october of every year um and so they do training grounds events to kind of like get people trained up on different things using sword and shield, um, working in a shield wall, archery maybe, doing skirmish kind of stuff. So this year they've done two. And the first one was, uh, Training Grounds 1 was um, the shield wall stuff. Training Grounds 2 was the skirmisher stuff. Um, it was a blast. So it was Training Grounds 2 um, that we we recorded just before I went to that. Um, yeah, it was a really good time. We... This year have a new location um, in Anderson area um, of South Carolina, and it's basically out in the woods in a big gully, and so with a creek run, running through it that actually branches off at one point. So there's all kinds of neat stuff to be uh, to be running around in. So it's not going to be pitched field battle after pitched field battle, which is where the armies just line up across from each other, smack into each other, and you know, mm -hmm. last man standing sort of thing is uh, is the winner 
So this one, we actually expect to be um, doing a lot more things. We'll still have shield walls, but mm-hmm. they'll be much smaller. So we kind of, you know, worked on that just a little bit and not to mention like how to, you know, break into a small group and sneak through the woods and, you know, mm-hmm. sneak up on our enemies. We'll, we'll see how that, how well that works in the fall though. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, me being from a theater background back in high school and a little bit in college. Um, it's like rehearsing for an improv show. A lot of people don't know that improv shows are rehearsed in the sense that you practice the game so you understand the rules. Um, You practice using audience suggestions. Uh, It You know, it's not super easy to just get up on a a stage and improv without um, any kind of training or or practice involved. So that's kind of what I can relate to is this, you're learning the rules, you're, you're practicing how to role play combat so that when the actual event comes everyone can enjoy themselves yeah. to the fullest yeah everybody's a bit more comfortable um we use foam weapons and shields uh the armor has to be all uh normal armor um with the exception of um shirts of mail can be done um, out of riveted aluminum mm-hmm. um there's two ways of doing a shirt of mail that's butting the ends together of the rings um and then riveting them with aluminum, you cannot butt them up against each other. They're just going to tear to pieces because mm-hmm. aluminum is such mm-hmm. a soft metal. Yeah. So it, it always has to be riveted. Um, but whereas a um, a steel male shirt or hauberk could wear 35 pounds, 40 pounds easily, this the aluminum could weigh you know 10 pounds, 15 mm-hmm. pounds if that, and, and you barely notice it. But you still kind of want to get into everything and get a little a little used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. And, and I think calling it a, uh, a rehearsal is actually a really kind of good, good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you definitely need to just so again, just so people, more people are more comfortable with it. And then the ones who were not able to show up for training grounds or, you know, anything along those lines, or they're brand new or something, they kind of get pulled along with the people who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of, oh, what's that movie where he thinks he's in a a live theater kind of thing? He gets the wrong phone call and it's like a, oh man, Max is going to make fun of me for not remembering. (laughs) The man who knew too little, right? Okay. That's what it's called. He, He thinks that he's doing a live theater thing. It gets mixed up. He gets the wrong phone call. And it's, he's in an actual real life situation, um, but thinks that it's all pretend. And so he, he has like no fear and ends up saving everybody. It's a fun movie, but um, the life theater idea where like you didn't rehearse, you're, you know, the, uh, just a participant, but everyone else has. And so you can just go along with what everyone else is doing. Um, I think that with the nerd culture in general, it seems to be a common theme. Conventions, LARPing, um, tabletop, any kind of that gaming, all of those things. There's people around who've been doing it for decades. And if you're new, 
then you can just kind of follow along until you figure it out, which I think is, is pretty yeah. cool. It makes it really yeah. easy to kind of step into these new experiences. Yeah. And we've seen that in Wewa. Now, Wewa is the first thing that I've done LARP-wise since like the 90s. And that was Vampire the Masquerade, which was huge for a really long time. It's probably one of the largest LARPs for a really long time. Um, although that's completely subjective. I have no objective data on that. Um, I didn't really quite have a chance to hunt that down because I was trying to finish up an email related to Wewa actually. Oh, um, okay. and yeah. So, um, things can be done by individuals. So, um, you know, it's not like in, like in a regular D and D campaign or a regular role-playing game, you're going to have a dungeon master who makes a lot of the decisions. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. A good dungeon master is going to let people kind of tell their own story too. Mm -hmm. Well, this is much like that, except, you know, when you think of it, you know, I think this year we're expecting 400 people. Um, there's no way to, you know, for, you know, even a small team, even a large team really to do all the role playing with mm -hmm. everybody. So what ends up happening is, um, you know, later after the event, everybody kind of sits down and, and like tries to figure out what in the world happened and how to put that into the story. Um, mm -hmm. and in Wewa, it's a kingdom that's in a, uh, in a civil war, basically. So it's four main factions. Two of the factions are breaking off, trying to carve out their own kind of homelands within the kingdom. The other two factions are saying, no, 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 we're a kingdom united and are trying to keep it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there can be anything. Um, now we do kind of a, like a, a low fantasy, humans only lord of the rings-esque kind of thing is is how i like to explain it others do full-on like hey we have orcs and goblins and trolls and things like that and people dress up to do that as well mm -hmm. it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> it can be a lot I of just, fun yeah, yeah yeah it just sounds like it's super fun weekend to hang out with people and indulge in something that you're really passionate about yeah you know play dress up I, I mentioned in the a previous episode that i don't believe that children grow out of that need to play pretend and yeah. we just become more self-conscious the older we get but that need yeah. is still there um yeah so it's a, I, I think agree. it's great i think it's a great thing yeah I absolutely would agree. And if anybody's listening to this and is like, oh, I kind of want to do a LARP, but I don't want to have to fight all the time or be a part of the big battles. You usually, like 99% of the time, do not have to be a part of any of the big battles. Um, we have people in each faction who end up doing quests all weekend. And mm -hmm. those quests affect both the story and the next year's game. So um, there are some things that are story related and some things that give us in-game bonuses the following year. Typically, it's going to be more um, about the story than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and, and stuff that affects the story typically does not affect the actual game. Um, mostly because we want to drive the story forward, but we don't want to like handicap anybody seriously for the following year or anything. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. 
And those those quests can be anything from, you know, work with the alchemist to solve the plague that's hitting the kingdom of Oleron. Um, or one of our uh, rival factions or enemy factions, I guess, kind of in that in that world is um, their thing was work with the alchemists to figure out something like Greek fire so that they could mm. use it during their war. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, great. So now a bunch of us are talking in the background, like, how do we figure out how to minimize this? Like, <laughs> can we work with the alchemist and find a way to stop it or find like a, a substitute that we can use against their ships and mm-hmm. things like that? So, yeah, it's pretty neat. It, it can be a lot of fun. So do you like camp essentially? Yeah. Is it, so for this yeah. event, yeah. Um, so last year we camped Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, this year I will be camping Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We have last year, it was myself and two friends who came over from England, mm-hmm. uh, from Britain. Sorry. I would want that corrected. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, this year, it's actually going to be myself and I think four, maybe five other locals, all part of the Ranger mm-hmm. faction, which is the, the faction that all of us have joined. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rangers are not quite like Aragorn. Um, in in the quote unquote real world, Rangers would be like military units. Mm-hmm. Aragorn is actually a part of like the Rangers of the North or the Grey Company, but he's the odd man out in that he goes out and do, does things all by himself. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, whereas in this, it's a military unit like the mm-hmm. Grey Company or uh, the, the Rangers of uh, Ithilien, I think the Gondorian Rangers. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've read that, though, so I could be a little mix-up on it. It sounds right, but it's also been a while for me, too. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Someday we'll be able to read for fun again. Yeah, yeah. Someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you camp. Um, do you guys like cook your food as if you were, you know, in that world, or are there depends. things that happen like kind of outside of the, yeah. the game? It depends. Um, so in some cases um, there are worlds or, or games where everybody has to like fend for themselves. The SCA is a big example of that. You can have two, three, four, five thousand people at a weekend at a war, and everybody kind of has to feed for, fend for themselves. Now, historical reenactment's a little different from LARPing. Um, I would say that they have a lot more in common than probably either group wants to admit. <laughs> um especially maybe maybe more so the historical reenactors they tend to get a little precious sometimes um and i did is that it, for a really long time as well is it like a superiority thing or i sometimes i think it is yeah you know um there have been points where i've uh people have reached out to me and been like hey can i come out to this convention that you're part of yeah let me just talk to some people oh no 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 we're not going to do that why i mean it's free yeah but you know we'll have the sca which is a medieval um and renaissance reenactment group um more on the emphasis on medieval to be honest with you Mm -hmm. um and not everybody's like this most most of the people are really great um you sometimes get people who are like if it's not the sca then it's just trash kind of Mm -hmm. stuff so yeah i think it is a little bit of a superiority they don't want to you know, they're, they're like, oh, we're not that kind of geek. Mm-hmm. Except they are. 
feel like that exists on all over like nerddom yeah. and geekdom like these kind of i'm a care about the more serious things yeah. or yeah that kind of yeah yeah well, i'm a console game player i'm a you know i'm not like one of those geeks and yeah <laughs> you know I, I think more and more people are getting pretty good about it but there's there's just some holdouts here and there that are just pathetic mm-hmm. i think and mm-hmm. it's like seriously um yeah yeah so but yes, um, yeah, at WeWa, WeWa is obviously going to be the one that I know the most because um, it was really the first thing I'd done in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, WeWa, everything is catered. Um, oh, cool. You know, uh, yeah, so Friday night's dinner, um, Saturday breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Sunday breakfast and lunch. Um, people still often bring a lot of snacks. Other people will bring, you know, food to cook. Um, somebody actually last year bought brought pottage which was really interesting it's um think savory oatmeal like so they just brought mm-hmm. like oatmeal steel cut oatmeal and you mix in like savory spices and stuff and it and it's fantastic dinner um and it's mm-hmm. a lot of medieval armies would eat that kind of thing because mm-hmm. you know yeah you had to bring a cauldron you know per so many fighting person um, but at the same time, the uh, the dried oats were really light and easy to carry. You could you yeah. could carry them in bulk quite a while, and quite not while. as perishable as other items would yeah. be. And yeah. you get you get a lot of nutrients packed into yeah into the oats. Yeah, and like a lot of armies would drive a herd of, of sometimes a massive herd of cattle with them and, and butcher along the way. But mm-hmm. yeah, they would eat um, eat a lot of a lot of the other stuff as well. Um, you know, plus whatever could be scavenged, you know, they, after a battle or even, you know, when they get to an area, they might go hunting for wild mushrooms, onions and blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. yeah, you might have a really basic meal, but you could supplement it by whatever you can. So, you know, yeah, there are people out there who are going to do that kind of thing as well. It just depends mm-hmm. on the event more than anything else. Cool. I love, I mean, I love camping, so that sounds right up my alley. You just big yeah. camping trip where you get to, you know, pretend that you're living in the Lord of the Rings books or, you yeah. know, whatever fantasy yeah. world that's kind of similar to. Yeah. So the history of LARPing is, um, the short history is... It started in the 70s, and it's a fairly new thing. Excuse me, sorry. Um, the LARPing that we know today that is organized and the sort of uh, fantasy role-playing kind of um, stories rather than actual reenactment reenactments of actual battles, that started in the 70s. The... Um, Dungeons and Dragons games heavily influenced that for sure. They kind of came out around the same time. Um, But it's not the first time people have done reenactments by any stretch of the imagination. That's been going on for who knows how long. Nobody really knows, right? Uh, Ancient civilizations have done um, reenactments for like religious ceremonies and um, to tell stories. I mean, like theater, but it's a 
more improvised kind of theater situation um like ancient rome they did reenactments of battles and it's been around forever this idea of reenacting um and the the improvised kind of theater idea where it's kind of a reenactment but it's also um not a perfect history right yeah. it's kind of um there's some liberties that are taken yeah and then in the 1970s we've got dungeons and dragons and uh miniature games coming out and becoming a big thing and people started taking the idea of a reenactment of an actual battle to okay let's put it in a fantasy setting yep which is kind of the same um transition that uh dungeons and dragons made from um chainmail which was the first version sort of of dungeons and dragons we'll talk about that in the next episode um but the, during the 70s people were you know taking this like fascination with medieval battle and combat and translating that into the fantasy settings like what you find in lord of the rings and and then it's just kind of taken off since then yeah so the first time i remember learning about a larp uh anything was looking at i want to say a dragon magazine article back when tsr was publishing um they had two magazines dungeon which came out every once in a while and i think dragon that came out every month or something Mm -hmm. And there was an article about Nero, which is the New England role-playing organization or something like that. And, um, you know, they're full fantasy, very D&D-esque. Um, and they're actually still around. Their name might have changed, but and they're definitely no longer just part of New England. They're all over the place. But, like, you know, in my backyard, um, there is a national, I think international organization chapter here, uh, for dagger here which is kind of a, a fantasy thing they use a slightly different style weapons called uh weapon called boffers boffers are very safe but they don't look like real weapons in any way shape or form mm -hmm. we use more uh in Wiwa, we use more um more realistic weapons but again they're made out of like fiberglass cores and mm -hmm. um and foam latex uh, mm -hmm. injected around them you know, like cast foam. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Nero has definitely been all over the place, but then, um, you know, there's another one right up in the foothills that I think is about five or 10 years old now. And it's a, uh, a steampunk fantasy that happens just oh, a couple cool. hours from me. And they happen, I think they're either once a month or every other month or maybe once a season. I, I can't remember, but man, yeah, there's all kinds of amazing options out in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And it, honestly, it's something you could just do with your friends. Like yeah. you could just say, hey, let's get together. It's like a murder mystery party where you yeah. all get a theme, you dress up and you go and you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's live action role play. That's what it is. Yeah. And yeah. you can totally do that in a fantasy setting, you know. Yep get together with a group of friends, go on a camping trip and turn it into this adventure. And that would be a great way of kind of dipping your toes in 
um, without a lot of pressure or feeling yeah. like you need to spend a ton of money up front on the right gear and and the weapons and the costumes and all of that stuff. Yeah, murder mysteries are really, you know, I've not done one, but everybody that has done one that I've known is like, yeah, they're, they've been fantastic. It was such a great time. And so just from that, I think a lot of people would enjoy maybe not a weekend long event, but like a, a day event or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, weekend long events, you have to obviously you're going to be a bit more invested because you're either camping on site, mm -hmm. sometimes in game. So you are, you know, you have to have tentage that looks like it should fit in that mm -hmm. whatever setting um, or out of game. Like you drive over to a hotel. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Out of game would be like regular mundane tents away from the gameplay area. And then other mm -hmm. people will just drive out to a hotel every night or something. So. Yeah, you can definitely um, make some decisions when it comes to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I've done a murder mystery, um, and it, it is fun. And I think murder mystery kind of tends to be one of those things that people either hate or they love. <laughs> mm. I think that sometimes uh, people hear that and they, like, groan inside, you know. Like, I really, I have to go and I have to perform um essentially um and other people love it and i think yeah. if you hate murder mystery that doesn't necessarily mean you would hate larping because yeah. it could just be the setting right and yeah. i feel like in larping a lot of people can play themselves but themselves in a different yeah. world rather than is... putting on a character that you're given like in a in a murder yeah. mystery which is exactly what I do, because mm -hmm. I'm like, look, I can't, I can't figure this out. My, my character's Kieran. He's one of the Rangers. The idea is twenty something years ago, gosh, almost thirty years ago now. <laughs> um, he was like a, in the regular Oleron military. Then he left, and he like ran a market garden or something outside of one of the cities. And it, with in the middle of the Civil War, he's kind of like, well, you know, people aren't really taking care of the people. And that's actually our um, our saying in the Rangers is for the people. Mm -hmm. um, so somebody yells out Rangers, all the Rangers in your side are supposed to yell out for the people. I usually wait till the second one because, you know, I'm an introvert. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's, there's all kinds of different ways of doing that. But that was able to, you know, just kind of slot me right into my real world experience where I was regular military and then. I'm not going back into the National Guard or state militia or anything like that, but I guess I could. Well, mm -hmm. state militia more than National Guard, but yeah. So this is a, a little bit of a personal question. So mm -hmm. um, answer in any way you feel comfortable, but um, you've been open on the podcast about your mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of research um, about role-playing and how that can help mental health specifically yeah. things like dungeons and dragons and and larping and those kind of uh, tabletop games or miniatures and how role-playing in that way can help people practice social situations or process emotions um it's kind of like play therapy for kids uh for those who aren't familiar with that um a really common type of therapy for young children is play therapy where 
they play with a therapist using toys or or whatever and and they practice those social situations they you know a kid is able to process things through the play um mm -hmm. which there's a lot of evidence to back up that that is how children process things is through their play um and it's they're starting to find evidence that it's kind of similar for adults that we can process things through through play essentially um, so how would you say LARPing has affected or maybe not affected at all your mental health? I think it's been really good for my mental health. Um, I think it exasperates a couple of physical health kind of things, which, mm -hmm. you know, if you're in a lot of pain, it, it takes, it does take a toll on your mental health. And, um, you know, I, I came out of the military with knee, hip, back problems, and I've done something to my ankle over a year ago now that still hurts but mm -hmm. you know you can you can have an ankle injury that hurts you for the rest of your life even if you're much younger than i yeah um yeah i broke mental my ankle health. in seventh grade and it's still yeah it's still bad yeah 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 um i i stopped wearing an ankle brace and started doing uh almost a, a, almost immediately after i started doing tai chi i need to get back into tai chi but yeah it's still a pain Mm -hmm. but that affects everything I can do in game. I might not be able to fight nearly as much. I definitely can't run around nearly as much. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, um, at Wewa this past year, there was uh, the Alchemist, um, and the Alchemist basically had me doing jobs for him most of the weekend. Mm -hmm. In fact, to the point where I'm pretty sure he was making up jobs for me to do because I was, <laughs> you know, like, hey, do you have anything else you want me to do? Because I couldn't fight. And mm -hmm. I had been looking forward to fighting, um, especially because you don't have to be buttoned up in all this really heavy gear. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like uh, my armor would get the breeze when it came through, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, mental health, fantastic. Although if you do have mental health stuff and you are on medication, even if it's a medication you only take sometimes, bring it all with mm -hmm. you. I forgot my anti-anxiety medication when I went and we oh. were gone. We were gone Thursday through Tuesday. We got back Tuesday and I was just a train wreck on Tuesday. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it that was a little hard. Um, and I ended up snapping at a couple of people that I really shouldn't mm -hmm. have. Um, they didn't deserve it. And uh, yeah, but so that's what I would say is make sure, like, even if it, even if it's one of those things, oh, you only have to take it sometimes. If you're feeling like this, take it, you'll feel better, that kind of thing. Bring it all with you just in case, because mm -hmm. you're going to be in all kinds of different situations and you're going to be on all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that was pretty tough for me. Probably the other thing that didn't help me out so much was only getting like six and a half or seven hours of sleep every night, but whatever. It was Is it good. kind of like conventions in that way where yeah. it can be really packed and exhausting? Yeah. 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 You can, I mean, there, there's stuff going on probably like 22 hours a day. There are, mm -hmm. there are NPCs, so non-player characters, everybody's kind of used to that, but there are NPCs and LARPs as well. There are NPCs, people who play the NPCs who like, yeah, I, I slept like seven hours the entire three days that I was here. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. Why? Jeez. I can't do that. I could not <laughs> Not <do> anymore. That. <laughs> Maybe once a long time ago, but no, mm -hmm. no. 
do people um, play physical injuries or disabilities into their characters? Sometimes. Um, yeah, sometimes. Like if somebody's hurt their leg or their knee or something and has to be, it's supposed to be on a crotch or a cane or something, nobody's going to think twice about it. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to be like, okay, cool. And of course, they need to adjust on their own what they can and cannot yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, with my ankle, uh, the doctor that we had on site, so a full MD, I don't, I'm not sure what his specialty was, um, gave me a little bit of a lecture. He was like, you know, you really probably shouldn't be doing Weekend Warrior stuff this weekend. And I'm like, okay. So mm-hmm. I stopped doing the fighting and started doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. But so, it's yeah. cool that it's uh, inclusive in that way, where mm-hmm. if you're not physically able to do the more rigorous physical activities there are ways that you can participate like you said you don't have to fight there's quests you can do um there's other ways to to be part of it yeah wewa has a really strict um kit requirements set of kit requirements so your kit is your equipment your costume everything kind of in total um they're really strict about that if you have a medical device even a pair, a simple pair of glasses, you wear them. That's it. Like mm-hmm. it, people don't even think twice about it. Um, and Wewa is pretty high on the immersion. Like they, they like things looking really good so that mm-hmm. people can kind of, kind of forget about the modern world for a little bit, um, yeah. which was something that I found in the SEA as well. Like you would kind of forget that the world existed outside of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of those things, uh, we're so used to seeing them anyway that it, you wouldn't even realize that it was an, yeah. an anachronism. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, glasses. People wear glasses. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, this year, um, I'm probably going to go with contacts, not because I dislike my glasses, but because I can't fit the things under the helmet that I want to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, oh, okay, well, it looks like it's time to time to get contacts so that I can wear the helmet. Um mm-hmm. The helmet, the helmet actually increases the amount of armor points you might have in the in the LARP. Um, you know, if we do a uh, an episode on like rules for LARP or something, yeah. we might get into <laughs> more of that. But um, yeah, there's there's rules for all kinds of stuff. But um, you know, one of the things that I would say is some LARPs, uh, and I think really kind of at the beginning, like you had to have a really involved backstory and stuff. Now, nah. No, mm-hmm. you know a little bit that's what i told you earlier is literally all the backstory i have for kieran um so yeah not worried about it yeah i feel like D D used to be that way too like there was a lot more pressure for a backstory mm-hmm. whereas now well, a lot of people like to do them and, and they'll write very extensive backstories but you can also jump in without yeah. very much of one like the most backstory being how you met the other people in the party what your personal goal is. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that's become less uh, less of a big deal. There's less yeah. pressure for those things. And I think, I think it's better to have a not as detailed backstory because it, it's more room to play around in it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're playing um, a, a tabletop role-playing game, the the person running the game can say, oh, by the way, you have somebody who came up out of your past to, because of this. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just work that in. 
if it's super, super detailed, you know, you might get analysis paralysis on who is it, how does this affect everything else, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then again, I could be a little on the light side. So there's there's a happy medium in there someplace. Yeah. I'm probably on the less less is more side. Yeah. And for D&D, I feel like it depends on the DM because Max is very good at remembering everyone's backstories and incorporating yeah. things from all their backstories. I don't know yeah. how he keeps it all in his brain. Um, he has notes, obviously, but he gets really detailed, extensive backstories from his players. And, yeah. and he he's a wizard at it, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it depends on right the DM, like yeah. how much backstory they might want their players to... Yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah. And most LARPs, most of the time, it's a, you know, it's, it's wide, it's big, big story strokes. Like, you know, you're painting something and these are the big, big brush strokes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the stuff that they really kind of worry about. So, you know, yeah. um, just in the last few days, people have been like, well, how did the plague thing work? Um, you know, this, this past year and exactly where was it in the kingdom and what were the symptoms? And, it's like, you know, prob- there's a good chance nobody knows because, yeah. you know, it's it's too low level. You know, they're going yeah. with a higher level review kind of thing for this. Yeah, when you have that many people, you can't keep track of the smaller details and yeah. disseminate that information very easily. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I agree. It, it can be a real pain. Mm-hmm. So before we run out of time, we have about... little less than 10 minutes here and i want to maybe spend the rest of that time talking about the um the aspects of larping outside of the actual events so Mm -hmm. costumes Mm -hmm. um and the weaponry and um any things individuals might do on their own to prepare for the events Mm -hmm. i know that you have made some of your own stuff yeah and uh, acquired things as well that yeah. Our, our special pieces. Yeah. This time around, I've done more acquiring things than making, um, just because like I now have a sewing machine, but I still haven't taken it out of the box and I haven't sewn anything in probably 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's time. Um, so yeah, you can make things or uh, buy things. If you make things, typically they're going to be like, look, you know, natural fibers only, linen, cotton, something yeah. along those lines. Uh, so you know, in this case, flax or cotton, because cotton often gets called linen just because of maybe the way it's le- weave woven mm-hmm. or something. Um, right. But yeah, uh, gosh, just about everything I've bought specifically for the LARP with a handful of things that I've had for probably pushing 30 years. And I'm like, well, I'm not going and doing anything without this. So mm-hmm. just kind of make it work. Um yeah, you can do all kinds of stuff. Now, what I would say is if you're getting involved in a LARP and you're like, what what should I look like? Contact the group. Because let's say in the game they have different factions, much like Wiwa does or, mm-hmm. you know, the other games. So you decide you want to be a, a basically a Mordor orc. Your gear, your kit is going to be very different than if you're a Gondorian versus like a Rohirrim or something. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you 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 kind of want to get in touch with people and start talking the, uh, with them about it, and they can give you some really good direction on it. Um, 
if and you're maybe handy. even they have things that they can pass down yeah. or sell to you for yeah. a good deal oh yeah yeah people are always kind of moving around like hey i'm gonna i'm leaving this faction i'm joining this other faction i'm gonna sell off my stuff for this faction the original one or, or something mm-hmm. along those lines happens all the time um and then in other cases it could be hey i actually have like an extra one i can bring it to the event so you don't have to worry about buying one looks like you're my size you know do you Mm -hmm. want to run with that and you say yes or no um some people are really crafty uh i have a friend who is a medical student and i swear a couple of times a week she's posting a uh a picture on her Instagram, that's like, oh, I made another dress. It's like, oh, look, she had, Ada had 15 minutes, so she made another dress. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah. Is and, she going to go into surgery? Is great at sewing? She hopes to, yeah, yeah. So she actually wants to be an ENT, uh, which is kind of neat. Mm, mm-hmm. And interestingly, I, I pick on her a bit. Um, she is the other lore master of our faction. I'm, You know, she and I are the lore masters of the Rangers and Mua. And uh, we're both newer players, um, and we're both, obviously, I'm in a graduate program. She's in a postgraduate program, and it's like, well, maybe we didn't pick the best, but we're, <laughs> we're working on it. And I, I have just adored being able to work with her. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the other things is you'll meet some really, really great people. Mm-hmm. And then you'll meet some people that if they were on fire, you probably wouldn't be on them. So, uh, Yeah, I think... I mean, that's what it comes down to is human connection. Yeah. Connecting with people who share a common interest, starting off on common ground. I think it's a lot easier to get along when we start from that place of commonality. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things you kind of need to to make a decision about is if you're doing a LARP or even a tabletop role-playing game and you're like, oh, I want to play somebody who's a real jerk. Well, please don't. Because it, it turns into a pain in the butt for everybody. Yeah. You know, if if you're a jerk in, in a small group of four or five, you know, people are going to be pretty frustrated with you. If you're playing one who's just like a terrible person during a LARP, don't be surprised if you get treated like the terrible person. Because you're the one making the decision to do that. And yeah. you're affecting other people's enjoyment of the game, whatever you're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that... Um there's a difference between playing the character who has this um, dark backstory and because of that, they have some darkness to them and um, Mm -hmm. might be more aloof and being just a straight up jerk for the sake of like, because you want it it, to be able to treat people poorly without it being real, but it's still, it it still feels just as shitty (laughs) as if it was real life. Yeah, I've seen it both at the table and in, in LARPs and um, or a LARP, um, and it's been like both times. It's been like really, like why would you do that? Um, mm-hmm. You know, in in D anD D, my normal quote unquote character, my quote unquote normal character is um, is like a goblin warlock, and he's pretty shifty, and he does some pretty skeezy stuff, but he never stabs anybody on the on his team in the back mm-hmm. in a way that they would notice. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abandon the team or anything like that. And the same thing, the same thing in in Wewa. Like I'm not gonna treat anybody really poorly, even mm-hmm. you know our enemy factions or our rival factions. Yeah, it's, just, it's not okay. Yeah, um, 
we had a game going with my family of Dungeons and Dragons and my sister-in-law was playing a, a character who's um, kind of a sort of a lone wolf kind of character and she would like steal things sometimes from other players not like important things but like just some like shifty kind of yeah you know stuff and but then she never sabotaged the goal of the group which i yeah. think is where the key is yeah. it's meant to be collaborative yeah you're not playing against each other you're playing yeah with each that other. that's what my character would do like oh okay here's a reward for this it's six moonstones or whatever and uh Morthal is like oh okay um what about the gold we were promised oh here oh that's right here it is gives the gold to everybody else and just doesn't say anything about the moonstones yeah yeah so that's what we were playing would do yeah like we that. were playing a game later where you know somebody was trying to make something that would really help us out and i'm like uh would a moonstone help excuse me yeah would a moonstone help you have a moonstone yeah so you can do that kind of stuff yeah. all the time in LARPs too. Um, yeah. In fact, you know, if you're working for an alchemist or something, he might or she might want you to bring them um, uh, ingredients. And so just having a couple of extra things tucked away here and there can mm -hmm. really pay big dividends. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that is our time for today. We've um, been your hosts, Ludlow Adams. And Jay Oscarity. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next week for a new topic about the world of fiction. This has been We're Lying, But That's Okay. Big thanks to our listeners for your support. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review. Thank you to our one-man production and tech support team, Max Garrity, for making this podcast possible. 